And all right, one more sip of coffee. Was that loud? Oh, it was very loud. It was good though. I'm gonna use that. Um. Okay. Good. Hello and welcome to the Intentional Grounding Fantasy Football Podcast. This is our 14th episode. I am Noah Downs, your co-host. I'm here with Luke Bisson, my other co-host. How are you doing, Luke? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, you know, we switched it up this time. Normally we podcast late at night, and this time we're podcasting in the morning. So I'm sipping on coffee, and I probably sound like I'm still asleep. (laughs) Yeah, I got the coffee going on too. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately that means that Jojo, our other co-host, is still asleep because he's in a different time zone and he was awake all night because he just signed on his house. Congratulations, Jojo. Congratulations, buddy. So we have a we have a quick podcast for you today because we want to go ahead and start getting you acclimated to winning your leagues in Dynasty this year or focusing on redraft, which is what a lot of you listeners who are new to our podcast are probably focusing on yourselves. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what draft spot you have and how to game the draft spot that you do have in a snake draft. And then we're also going to examine some players that were looking to avoid in the first two rounds and why. And we're going to give you some replacement level players to talk about later. So before we get started on all that, Luke, what is the biggest difference that people should be making when they're switching from uh, Dynasty setting up your... uh, setting up your team for success and winning your league this year and or redraft. What's the biggest differences between Dynasty and redraft? Oh, for me personally, it's uh, everything becomes uh, magnified. What's going on right now. Uh, for example, let's say that Brady was 10 years younger. Okay. But he was still having the same success as four game suspension. Uh, it wouldn't really matter. You'd be like, whatever, I get him for 12 games this year. And then the following year he, he's back to normal. But in redraft, uh, all that matters is this year. So he's going to miss, you know, one quarter of the games played this year. So for, that would be much more of a loss for you in value. So you would take him much later than you would in uh, in Dynasty. Uh, same thing with, uh, you know, Tyler Eifert. Right. You know, stuff like that. So injuries, uh, suspensions, uh, all those types of things play much more into it. Uh, another thing when you're looking at it is you want guys in the forefront that are going to be impactful now. You know, you don't want to sit there and wait for your second year wide receivers to start to develop more and everything. And that are the, uh, uh, just the blood of what dynasty is. What you need instead is you need those full-time, uh, workhorse, uh, power running backs. You need to hit everything that has positional scarcity in it. So that way you have the best shot to make the playoffs. Yeah, with when you're aiming for a redraft, you have a lot less room for error. Absolutely, I think is what you're trying to tell me. Um, Absolutely. And so you wanna you wanna make sure that you're 100% prepared and you're going in. And in the end, yes, if you make poor choices, they only stick with you for one year. But if you make poor choices, you're also losing that year. So it's really yep. a two sides of one coin. So when you're going into redraft, just make sure you're not waiting out for that young receiver. You're going for that established receiver. Um, so you're not taking as many shots until l- later in the draft. 
So let's go ahead and examine some um, draft spots. So in a snake draft, as everybody knows, you, you start 1 through 12, and then 12 spots starts again, it goes 12 through 1, and then it repeats, it repeats. When I'm going into a snake draft and redraft, I'm, obviously you can't, you know, trade out of your spot and redraft, or if you are, then you're doing it wrong. Don't, don't worry about trading out of your spots, guys. Um, but I'm aiming for that back half of that first round, so like the 7 to 9 range, because if you have one of the first five picks, yes, you are guaranteed to get what everybody believes is a stud. However, looking at some of the first five picks in this um, year's average draft position so far, this is according to ESPN average draft position, you've got Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley. That's your top five. Let's extend it to six, Adrian Peterson. Mm -hmm. So four of those top six have had major injuries in recent memory. And if they go down on you, if you, if you have a player that goes down and you're, you had one of the top six picks, then your season's probably toast. Now, are you including Brown in that list? Uh, I actually am not, but that's a good point. Okay, because he went down for some time last year. He did, um, and much to my chagrin. So, uh, yeah, I would even say that. So the, the further back you get in that first round, the, like, the likelier you are to get talent early in the second round. So the, the injury or the loss of a certain player is not as magnified as it is in those first six picks. Right. Uh, now, to, to piggyback on what you just uh, basically went over, uh, about injuries and everything, you look down that list even farther, and you've got players like Hopkins, who mm -hmm. is well-known to have concussion issues. Yep. Uh, you've got Elliott, who hasn't played it down yet. Then you've got David Johnson. You've got Gronk, who has had his fair share of injuries. Well, David Johnson, actually, has only done it for one year and only part of a year at that. Right. You know, And then you've got uh, Des Bryant, who we all know what happened last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then you've got Devonta Freeman, who also only did it for one year. So the the first round is completely covered in question marks. Right. So for me, the idea of going, you know, wide receiver early because they're more dependent, uh, it, it, I feel it's a crutch argument. You mean they're more dependable? Well, right. Yeah, they're more sorry. They're more dependable in the sense that they'll be able. The, the, they're like more likely going to be there. Whereas uh, you take Le'Veon Bell, who's still injured, or you take Todd Gurley, you know they're less likely to be there the, f the full season for you. Right. And they do become you know more downtrodden over time because of their, uh, uh, you know their workload and everything. But uh, I would rather take one of them in the first round versus um, uh, Antonio Brown or Julio Jones. Right, because running back is always been has always been a shallow position at the top. And well, as wide receiver, yes, you have studs, but then you have new studs emerging every single year. Mm -hmm. And just depends on situation, depends on what's going on. So I would even say that, um, yes, you can grab one of those stud wide receivers. If you're in a PPR league, um, then that will certainly help you. But if you can grab a running back who also catches passes and is a true workhorse running back, then that helps you even more than you it would if you if you drafted, say, Julio Jones. I'm down on Julio Jones, by the way, this mm -hmm. year. Well, um, see, what's funny is I'm actually up on him. Well, you know, that's because you're wrong. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I would definitely say that that impactful running back that you can have at that position is more likely to help you. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I totally agree.
So with that being said, like I said, I would aim for that seven to nine range if I can for um, that sweet spot of the draft position. If I'm in the one through six, man, I, I'm sweating bullets, but you got to grin and bear it. Um, you might be able to trade out if you've got one of those earlier spots. Um, like I said before, I'm not looking to trade in a redraft uh, draft. So uh, if you have the one spot, do you have any recommendations for what uh, our listeners should be doing, uh, like how they might be able to game it so that they lessen their risk and increase their safety? Oh, I would try to tr- I would try to uh, maybe you know trade down um, if they're able to. There are a lot of your redraft leagues and everything. You're, what you get is what you get. Yeah. You know, but if you're able to trade down, I would try to move to four and hope that wide receivers go in front of you and then grab uh, a Le'Veon Bell and then you know having picked up something else to strengthen your bench. Uh, but I mean, really, besides that, you know, if you're stuck with your thing, I make your own list. Sit down, go through the top 200 guys, figure out who you would like to target and everything, and then match it up to an ADP list and. You know, just keep checking off people as they get taken and just take your highest guy every time. Yeah, so if you have that number one spot, are you going to take one of those three wide receivers at the top? Antonio Brown, Odo, Beckham? No, no if okay. I have number one spot, um, as, long as, as long as I feel confident that Le'Veon Bell is uh, healthy, he's mm-hmm. my pick. And yeah. that's because if you look at Adrian Peterson and Todd Gurley, um, neither neither are really used in their receiving games, mm-hmm. and um, I only pay, I only try to play in PPR redraft. Yeah. Uh, so I want to I want a running back who's not only a workhorse but catches the ball. Yeah, and I think that so basically what Luke's trying to tell you folks is it doesn't matter if somebody thinks that what you've done is a reach in those first rounds, um, as long as it's within the realm of possibility, go for it. If you yeah. if it's your guy, take your guy because. You don't want to live and die by somebody else's sword. Right. Because Take it like this. If everybody is sitting there and it's redraft, so they're using uh, ESPN's rankings, you know, something in that effect, everyone's going to be drafting the same, you know, in the same succession. Everyone's yeah. going to have their guys that were taken down the list, you know, one through ten is going to, it's going to go the same way. If you make your own lists, you can get value you can jump up uh for example the list that we're running off of from espn uh aj green's 13 if you think aj green's gonna be you know a, a top five wide receiver and you're trying to uh, be a little risk averse to uh, uh running backs jump up at number eight and grab aj green no one why would anybody yell at you that's you right know? or why would you why would you accept that as being a bad move and frankly um one thing you could do is you're shaking up what's going on so people might reach later on for players that they think that you're going to snipe them on. Exactly. So if you know, it's, anything it's you can do to throw Gronkowski. off the people you're drafting, right. right. You know, it's the same thing with Rob Gronkowski. The only reason why he's consistently up there besides being a monster compared to the rest of the field in recent years is because when someone takes him in the first round, everyone goes, <gasps> and they start thinking, oh, my God, when do I have to take number two or number three? That's right. So let, that's actually a really good transition, Luke. Let's talk about some of the players – that we are um, avoiding in these first two rounds, why we're avoiding them, and who we're looking to get later on. All right, great. Uh, go for well, it. Well, I, an obvious one, since we transitioned from him, and I'm going to go back to Rob. You know, uh, Gronkowski is uh, a great aspect to have. And this kind of goes uh, slightly against my consideration of uh, positional scarcity. Mm-hmm. But I would rather get that workhorse running back in the first than 
Rob Gronk. So yeah. with that in mind, you know, you're looking at players down the list here. And, you know, at 32, you've got Jordan Reed. Yep. Uh, at 38, you've got Greg Olson. Both of which I would actually say are still too early to be taking a tight end in this draft. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, you start looking at Delaney Walker's 55 on this list. Still too early. Then you get into the 60s, where I feel like you're starting to get a little better. Right. And then you got Kelsey. Then you've got uh, my target at 66, Kobe Fleener. And then after that, you've got Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert. You know, and uh, what you can do with Eifert is you can sit there and grab him around there and then piggyback him with like a Gary Barnage later right. in the draft and let Barnage take over the first four and then let Eifert just, you know, if he's healthy, go. Yeah, I mean, even you could even wait a little bit longer, and I'm comfortable taking like Barnage and Ladarius Green at 93. Yeah, well, I think you're going to see the closer you get to the actual season, I think you're going to see Ladarius Green start to pop because unfortunately he is one of those big names right now because of his move. It's his time to shine, so you're going to see him start to climb. Uh, but if but if he doesn't climb much higher than the in the 90s. I, I totally agree. I just want to grab much more ahead of that. Yeah, I mean, if, if you look in that same range, then you've also got Zach Ertz at 99. So I, I think that you, you, you can definitely wait on tight end this season. Um, and I, I would. I would not take Gronk in that, top, um, in that top 12. I wouldn't take him in the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. But somebody else take him, you, you get some more value from that. For me, one of the players that I'm avoiding, I'll go a little bit higher actually um uh i'm avoiding actually i'll go a little bit lo- a little bit lower i'm avoiding uh des bryant at 11 okay because des was hurt a lot last year we relied on him i think he's still deadly i just he's got so many question marks coming back into this season mm-hmm. and also with their reliance more on ezekiel elliott in the run game i would say that des is more of a okay he he won't return you the value that you had in that first as a first round pick. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, you're looking at him at 11, and I'm looking at the wide receivers behind him. So we're gonna play a quick little game here. Yeah. Uh, what would you rather have, AJ Green or Des? AJ Green. Okay, he was 13. Then you've got uh, Jordy Nelson. Uh, that's a wash for me. Okay, Allen Robinson. I would rather have Allen Robinson. Okay, that's at 17. And that's uh, after knowing that Allen Robinson cannot repeat his 14-touchdown performance. Right. Okay, so what about Sammy Watkins? Uh, I would actually rather have Des than Sammy. Okay, so your your range for him, as far as wide receivers go, is between uh, 17 to uh, 21. Right. Well, if you actually, if you look back, I'd rather have Amari Cooper at 29 than Des at 11. Okay, okay. So you think you're going to get an, almost, you're gonna, not going to hit that sophomore slump? I don't. You've also got Keenan Allen at 33. You've got T.Y. Hilton at yeah, 35. Keenan Allen at 33 is a steal. And you got like, Demarius Thomas at 37, which even without Peyton, I think Demarius Thomas yeah. is going to be a beast. Uh, Keenan Allen, though, I mean, before he went down with that kidney laceration, he was a top four wide receiver. That's right. So I think that all of those players I'd rather take um, above a, above uh, Des Bryant, and I'd rather... Hop up. So at 11, instead of Des Bryant, I would take, you know, Jamal Charles, which is coming at 14, mm-hmm. and be that reach. Nope, I totally agree. The only person there, obviously, we you know, we kind of looked at it earlier, was uh, 
Uh, Cam Newton. Cam <laughs> Newton 15. at 15. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, folks. Cam Newton is a beast. He, he took his team to the Super Bowl. He was a fantasy star last year, but he is not. He is not the 15th overall player. Right. God, quarterback is so deep, folks. Don't – okay, friends don't let friends draft Cam Newton or any quarterback in the first mm-hmm. two rounds. Yeah, in redraft, I'm not even looking at touching a quarterback until the seventh round because I want to make sure that my starting positions, you know, elsewhere are fortified. Right, and you might have, you might be one of those redraft players that says, well, you know, I want to get that one quarterback that can be the quarterback for my team so I don't have to make a decision every week. So you're hoping to get a Cam, you're hoping to get an Aaron Rodgers, uh, 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 Andrew Luck. Uh, don't, don't. Don't do that. I mean, I might draft Aaron Rodgers just because my girlfriend's name is Aaron Rodgers and she makes me. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you can wait. What are some What are some examples of a quarterback that you can get around the seventh or eighth round? Seventh or eighth round. Let's see what we got. You've got Eli Manning. Yep, Eli Manning. Which honestly, the difference between Cam Newton and Eli Manning, according to uh, the projections off of Football Guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, 48 points. That's not much. No, that's uh, that's four points a game. Yeah. Um, Blake Bortles at 97. Mm-hmm. Bortles is actually one point better than uh, Eli. <laughs> How about uh, you, then you come with back-to-back Tony Romo and Matthew Stafford at 102-103? Yep, those guys a little farther down the list. But, yeah, you know, they're still, uh, they're still with under 100 away. But... You're looking at, like, where is Drew Brees going? Oh, I have no clue. Um, uh, 54. Okay, so the difference between 15 and 54 is literally 16 points by projections. Yeah. What about Tom Brady? Tom Brady is 25th overall at 276. Well, I mean, you're clearly going off some crap projections. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm going to love that pizza. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, so, yeah, no, but I, I would actually take Tom Brady right around there and then back it up with a, oh, who's going really late? Uh, Andy Dalton at 121. Yeah, Dalton's a good call. I would also look at maybe grabbing Flacco. Or Tyrod. Or Tyrod, you know. So you get the same kind of thing with uh, the uh, the uh, Eifert slash Barnage aspect, you know, right. just with uh, – quarterback you can you can play almost you can almost play a fantasy team by committee this year because you'll get some really good players that won't be able to start for you in the those first four games so as as luke was mentioning earlier let's kind of tie a a few things we've said together before we get back into the players we're avoiding um you've got eifert who is probably not going to be back due to injury for the first four games grab gary barnage Later on, after you get Eifert, and because uh, Barnage will, as Luke has pointed out, because he's the Browns guy, uh, Barnage will probably have a high volume of targets until Corey Coleman gets acclimated. Right. By the same token, grab Tom Brady, because Tom Brady, when he comes back, will be a top five quarterback per game after he's coming back, and I believe he'll be end up being a top five quarterback for the season. But <laughs> go back to our previous podcast for why. But then grab a, another another quarterback, one loans we just mentioned, a Dalton, a Flacco, a Tyrod, to tie Joe over those first four games. So have a committee approach, and then once you get past those first four games and you get back into it, drop those other players. Pick up some upside shots that you're looking at for your playoff run that you've already set yourself up for. 
Yep, absolutely. You know, and then to to put a bow on the draft experience entirely, um, if you guys do kicker and team defense, um, one, if you have an option to leave your draft without taking them, don't take one. Yeah. You're still probably going to be sitting through some preseason games that you can sit there and kind of just grab a bunch of guys, see who sticks to the wall, you know, and then get rid of who doesn't and then pick up your kicker and uh, defense. But if you do have to take them, grab your defense, then grab your kicker, last two rounds. I will tell you, um, in terms of defense and kicker, ESPN drafting software will force you to take, um, once you get down to a certain amount of positions, they'll force you to fill the positions you have not taken yet. Mm-hmm. Yahoo will not. So one time I actually kind of got burned in Yahoo. I um, <laughs> I was drafting. I was picking up all these wide receivers and running backs. I'm like, why is everybody drafting these crappy tight ends? And uh, then the draft ended. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's why. Oh, that's why. And I hadn't even taken a quarterback yet. Like my entire draft was just awesome. Uh, I think I might have taken a tight end. It was wide. Re- it was wide receivers, one tight end, and running backs. And so like I just had this stable of players. And that was the first year that we found out that quarterback is deep. Quarterback's a really deep position. Oh, yeah. quarter In a one quarterback, one tight end, kicker and defense style redraft, I will probably end up, unless I get one of the bigger names at tight end or quarterback, I will probably be uh, just filtering through all four of those and streaming them the whole entire season. You can do that. That's why it's really important to get your ducks in a row. Absolutely. Uh, so... I've got at least one more player that I'm avoiding okay. like the plague, um, and that is Devontae Freeman. Mm-hmm. He's at the back into that first round. I think he's going to creep up as we get even closer because he's at 12 now. I could see him ending up in the top nine. Um, I'm avoiding Devontae Freeman. I want someone else to take Devontae Freeman. Tevin Coleman is real, guys. He's a person that exists on that team that they liked better than Devontae Freeman last year. And while Devontae Freeman did have his coming out party, they're not going to ignore Tevin Coleman. They're actually probably going to likely decrease Devontae Freeman's role to give him a few more breathers. They've Plus, come out and said as much. Yeah, they, they've said that. And also, if you look at it, Devontae Freeman, the reason he was so awesome last year is because he started off as a beast. Mm. He was otherworldly to start the season. And then he just declined after about the first five games to the point where he was almost an RB2 at the end of the year. And... On a per-game basis, if you take the entire season as a whole, yeah, he was great. But if you take it on an individual game-by-game, game, he was uh, pretty inconsistent as we got to the end of the year. So I'm avoiding him. I need I need consistency in my redraft. Uh, I need a safety net. I, I want to make some safe picks to start off. Mm-hmm. Uh, players that I know will give me value the entire year. And Devontae Freeman's not one of those players. Right. I mean, from weeks 11 to uh, 14 last year, he uh, scored four, zero, nine, and four. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And, but now, to be fair, except for week one where he only scored three, he did score double digits after that. But from week seven through week fourteen, his highest score was uh, thirteen. Yeah, and he did that once. So if you're avoiding Devontae Freeman at twelve, but you still want to grab a running back, I would grab a Jamal Charles. I know Jamal Charles is coming off an injury, a major injury. It was an ACL, I believe, right? Um, yeah, but yeah, this is ACL. But I do think Jamal Charles still has it in him. And if you are not comfortable, you actually have what appears to be a clear handcuff to him. They've come out and said Spencer Ware is the guy behind him in Sharknado West or Charmander West in the event of Pokemon Go um, is not going to be 
um, the backup to Jamal Charles. So grab Spencer Ware later on as your backup to Jay Charles. Um, I would actually rather have Lamar Miller at 18. Yeah, oh, absolutely. This, he, to me, is your last chance at getting a workhorse back that right. catches the ball. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm I'm iffy on Doug Martin and Mark Ingram, but I would rather have both of them than Devontae Freeman. Yeah, um, And then even later on, if you're avoiding them in the first two rounds, you've got Carlos Hyde at 36. Um, you've got C.J. Anderson, who kind of burned you last year, but look past that. C.J. Anderson at 39. Jonathan. Did you say Carlos Hyde at 36? Yeah. Okay. What yeah. about um, LaShawn McCoy at 24? I'm avoiding LaShawn McCoy. Okay. Um, I, I know I know his legal stuff's played out. Carlos yep. Williams is out for the first four games, so Jonathan Williams is going to be the backup there. I, LaShawn McCoy is on a team that will run a lot, and I think Tyrod will open up running lanes for LaShawn McCoy, but I don't think LaShawn McCoy is going to return you that first two-round value. Okay. He's not the LaShawn McCoy that we used to know. Now he's just somebody that we used to know. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, so I'm avoiding him. I've, I've been burned by him, um, and I, I've kind of avoided him for a while. Uh, I just don't think that offense is going to be productive enough to sustain LaShawn McCoy's first two-round mark right now. That, I, that's fair enough. That's yeah. fair enough. So you got one more player that you're avoiding in these top two rounds? Top two rounds for me. Uh, we already went over Cam. Um, I, I think one. I think if you go for it, but I think I got everyone that I'd be avoiding. All right, so this is going to be controversial. Are you ready? Yeah. David Johnson at nine. Whoa, yeah, I'm totally not on board with you on that one. Yeah, I know you're not. Um, I think David Johnson will be an excellent back this year. If I am not playing for money or for peanuts, can I say that we play for money? No. If I'm not playing for peanuts um, or actual stuff, I will draft David Johnson at nine. I'll draft him in the first round. Mm-hmm. But he's only done it for part of one year. Yes, they have come out and said he's going to be the back in the you know CJ0K and it's going to be behind him. And um, the other guy that we used to love is going to be behind him. But I do think that he's a little bit more risk going into this year. And I do love David Johnson. I've got him in a bunch of dynasty leagues. But I'm not really drafting in that first round. That second round, if David Johnson falls to the second round, I'm all over it. But okay. I don't want him in the first round. I, I would rather have, let's see, I would rather have A.J. Green, Jamal Charles. I'd rather have Lamar Miller. Um, and that would push him to the second round in terms of ADP. Okay, well, for me, I, like I said, I totally disagree. What the, I don't know if you've uh, had a chance to uh, check out uh, Amazon Prime's uh, All or Nothing series. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, first of all, it was amazing. I just finished it two nights ago, uh, and David Johnson, uh, who uh, is a newlywed, oh, newlywed congrats, David thing. Johnson! Yeah, absolutely. He's a, he is so humble, but at the same time, he's so dynamic. Uh, and I mean, and granted, you're looking at it through the lens of uh, NFL Films filming this for the Cardinals, so take that with a grain of salt. But what he was able to do, and how he was able just to take over games and I tried to put the team on his back. I saw all I needed to see in the sense of him being able to take on the workload as the workhorse back because he's so dynamic. He is the guy that will run the ball, he will catch it, and he will return, you know? So, I mean, so you have have all three things there. 
So if you're in a return league that's PPR, easily a top, top, you know, first round guy for me. I was really hoping you weren't going to say that because I am taking him in the first round in a return yard PPR league just because of the return yards. And I know that people in that league listen to this podcast, Luke, so you just screwed me. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm kidding, buddy. Thank you. That's good analysis. You know, uh, I think think it just really depends on the rules of your league and how you feel about it. So I can't disagree with you at all. I think that if if, based on what you just said, that was really persuasive. You should become an attorney. Um, (laughs) Last year, real quick. Yeah. Uh, in my non-PPR dynasty league that I have, I drafted God, you have Johnson. PPR dynasty league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my it was my first one. You you, you never can uh, you never can say goodbye to your first one, you know. Yeah. But uh, so I'm sitting there and I take him at the 309 because he's basically just a what converted wide receiver, you know. So what does it really matter? He's a running back. Uh, he scored more points in our league than Todd Gurley did. Oh, because of the return yards. Return yards and his ability to catch. I mean, you're still getting those, you know, one point for every ten yards receiving. Yeah. So I mean, he definitely has it there, and he's he has more opportunity because of all of those things. And opportunity is the key word. Yeah. So I mean, for me, yeah, he scored like thirty more points. He was the he was uh, the third overall running back in the league. <clears throat> wow. Okay. Well, I mean, you might have convinced me. I'm still going to avoid him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you have a good point. Listeners, you should listen to Luke and not me on this one. Um, so speaking of, you know, winning your league and, you know, taking the next step, I just want you to take out a second to check out our title apparel sponsor, Savage. They're the ultimate apparel company. They kill the jersey game for sports teams around the country, and their branded merchandise has some serious flavor. With both national and local level partnerships among a variety of sports, including football, soccer, ultimate frisbee, disc golf, dodgeball, quidditch, and more, they're ready to get you the gear you need. Savage produces branded, customizable apparel for the active lifestyle, and you need to check them out as they're offering an exclusive coupon code to our listeners to get 15% off online purchases. Isn't that cool, Luke? Oh, absolutely. Some of the stuff they have on there is amazing. I love the different types of uh, shirts, and uh, I'm actually uh, looking to get a hoodie. Yeah, their hoodies are awesome, and uh, you might actually be able to use coupon code Wookie TD to get 15% off on those online purchases at savageultimate.com. What, 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 was the, what was the code? It is Wookie TD, W O O K I E T as in tater, D as in darn it. Um, <laughs> to get. <laughs> we gotta write you some T words and D words. No, right? <laughs> So you can get that coupon code WookieTD at www.savageultimate.com. And if you don't see something you like, they've got full custom options to get you exactly what you need. Also, stay tuned, and we are working on this, folks, I promise, for some exclusive intentional grounding apparel made by Savage, designed by Savage, from our brains to get released in the future. Don't forget that's WookieTD at www.savage.com. U-L-T-I-M-A-T-E dot com to get 15% off your online orders. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, we're, we've been talking a little bit more about the, uh, the, the design for the shirts we're going to get. Yep. Y'all will really love them, and we're going to have a bunch of people walking around wearing intentional grounding t-shirts and hoodies, and it'll be boss. Anyway, all I care about is I get one. You know? That's, so, you know, you'll I mean... get one. Use that coupon code. Oh, I will. <laughs> Wait, I wonder if we get any. Like, they'll just toss them to us. That'd be great. <laughs> so, uh, do we want to talk a little bit about uh, what we got coming down the pipeline as far as uh, 
that uh, that secret thing. That secret thing. Why don't you introduce it to us so I can remember what that secret thing is? Oh man! All right. Well, we're talking about doing uh, you know that uh, that league with the. Uh, oh sites. yeah, that league. So, listeners, that's you. I'm talking directly to you. Yes, you with the headphones and you with the earbuds. You in the car listening to us as you drive to work. We are going to have an intentional grounding listener league. And in that league, it's going to be a 12-team league. It's going to mm-hmm. be PPR. Do you want mm-hmm. to do return yards? We'll figure that out later. Yeah, we'll figure out the that. Yeah, it. it's going to be a fun league um, for you, our listeners, to play with us. Uh, we're, it's going to have Luke, myself, and I believe JoJo's on board as well. So we have yep. nine spots to fill. Uh, and we're going to fill them. By having you guys apply and email us at intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. What's that, Luke? Intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. Or tweeting at us. My Twitter is at groundingff, and Luke's is? Uh, Intentional underscore G. Yeah, that's right. And JoJo is at JoJo L. Mags. So this listener league is going to be a lot of fun. The way you get into it is you apply by tweeting at us, writing, um, you know, us at email. Do something quirky. I don't know what that is, that means. Just do something to get our attention yep. um, that is legal and uh, wouldn't cause my girlfriend to get jealous. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So uh, any you know whatever you want, we'll sift through. We'll talk about some of the responses that we get on the podcast. We'll do shout-outs, all that jazz. Go ahead and write us on in, um, and we will look forward to having this listener. Like It's going to be a blast. Uh, there may be a prize at the end of it. We're still working that out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll be it'll be great. Yeah, you know, and then so we'll figure out a time that works best, and uh, uh, before we get people on board and everything, and then uh, when we talk to you, we'll let you know when that time is, and hopefully it works. Yeah, well, we'll figure it out amongst all the people who eventually get in the league. Um, obviously, we ha- we have the season starting in about a month or so, so we want to go ahead and get your submissions in. We'll add a few people every single podcast, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, and I, I think that it's going to be fun. I think we'll host on ESPN because it's more universal. Yeah, um, I agree. Unless I agree. Yahoo wants to throw us a sponsorship. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yahoo, I hope you listen. So, but yeah, so uh, we're looking forward to all your submissions. Go ahead and start tweeting and emailing. All right, sounds good to me. I think that's what we got for the day. Um, I'm Noah Downs. You can follow me on Twitter at GroundingFF. You can follow Luke on Twitter at Intentional underscore G. Uh, you can follow JoJo, who is not here, Ghost JoJo, on Twitter at JoJoLMags, M-A-G-S. Other than that, you can email us for all your questions or you know listener submissions or whatever. IntentionalGroundingFF at gmail.com. Make sure... To like us, rate us, review us on iTunes. If you don't like us, don't do that. Um, and why are you listening anyways? And then <laughs> and share it with your friends. Uh, and, and we look forward to seeing all your submissions. I am Noah Downs. He is Luke Bisson. And that's our podcast. Thanks for listening, folks. Thanks, guys.